Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. I am so excited for this episode. I think it's super relevant to what's going on right now and the time of year we are at, aka the end of August slash the beginning of school. I know a lot of schools open this week, and I just want to say to all you teachers, parents, administrators out there, I, I really hope you're keeping your head held high, being kind to yourself, and just remember that we can do this and we will get through it together. Um, I've been thinking about you guys a lot. My virtual learning pod that I'm going to be doing this fall semester, we're starting next Monday, the 31st. Um, and there's so much preparation that I've been doing and as excited as I am, I'm still really nervous. So we are all doing our best right now. So yeah, big hugs to all of you out there. Um, so our episode today is actually all about follow-up work. Now, if you're a Montessori teacher, you know the struggles of follow-up work. You also know the beauties of follow-up work. So Follow-up work is what we guide, inspire, and encourage the children to work on. Um, It is not assigned. It comes from the children's interests. It comes from their curiosity, from their energy. You know, it is driven by them, their interests. Uh, We are just the guiding light to help them get there. Um, And it takes a lot of patience and trust, um, but the outcome is incredible. And Jamie and I, you know, we really wanted to talk about this to remind us and other Montessorians, how important follow-up work is, you know, in a time like quarantine, we're really, it, it's tough, right? Because we need children to, you know, keep to a schedule and there's been probably a lot more assigned work than we'd like. And while, you know, it's the times and and of course we can forgive ourselves for those things, it's really important to remember why we do what we do, why we do follow-up work, how it helps with independence. Um, Okay, I'm saying too much. Uh, We talk about it on the episode. It's amazing. You're going to love it. Um, And I wanted to talk about our sponsor. So All Things Montessori is, you know, brought to you by Patreon. Um, So I've talked about Patreon a couple times on this podcast, but I wanted to talk about our new Patreon members. We have three new patrons, um, Andrea, Sarah, and Alex. Thank you guys so much. Um, I'm so excited that we have a following now on Patreon and I hope it continues to grow. So if you want to become a patron of all things Montessori, it's super easy. I'm going to link it at the bottom of this page and Patreon's incredible. So basically you give a small monthly donation to all things Montessori, AKA Jamie and I, um, and this money, what, what it does, it just goes to helping us run the podcast. That's all. Um, and, but with this donation, you get something in return. So, um, There's three tiers that you can choose from. Um, You can get an All Things Montessori sticker mailed to you in the mail. Um, You get a shout out on the podcast, just like these three just did. Um, And also you can get extra content. You can get a consulting session. You can get a direct message line to Jamie and I. There's tons of options and it's super great. And we're so excited about it. Um, And honestly, just thank you all. Thank you, Andrea, Sarah, Alex. Thank you so much because without your support, um, you know, we couldn't do this podcast. Um, and with all the support of our community, man, oh man, we are just, we are so grateful for all your messages and your love and support. 
our community, you know, we are all in this together, as I say, every single week, but I think it is just so important to remember that time and time again, we are all in this together. We're going to get through the school year together. And Jamie and I are here to just continue to provide this content to help us all get through it. Um, So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode all about follow-up work. Hey, Jamie, how's it going? How are you, Rach? Oh, I'm good. I, uh, I, in our newsletter this week, which shout out, we have a newsletter weekly now, and you can subscribe to it on our website. Just a little plug there. Um, in our newsletter, I, I announced that I'm going to be doing virtual teaching, um, for a few families that their Montessori school, um, is just unable to provide virtual support. Um, and so one thing that I've been really thinking about is follow-up work ideas um, because fact of the matter is um, while I can still have conversations with the children when I'm working with them, I can still inspire them. I think it's just good to have a list of, you know, or just a, a collection of follow-up work ideas that you can just have at your disposal. Um because we all know that feeling after you give a great lesson and you know you want to guide them to do something or or perhaps help them get started with something and then you're just like, uh, what do I do? Do I do another booklet? Hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's yep. like, yeah, you always want to have new and exciting follow-up work ideas. So we thought we'd just chat about just some just some ideas that you can do during this um, COVID crazy time that can be fun for the children. Totally. No. And I think it is, I mean, the big challenge for guides right now, if you're doing learning at a distance, teaching at a distance, is that you're uh, not going to see the follow-up work. Um, Right. So, and sometimes the follow-up work isn't something that is able to be, like, it's not written. There's no record of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if children, if children go and read a bunch of sentences for interpretive reading and act out what the sentence says as their follow-up work uh, for some reading comprehension and some drama activities, uh, you may encourage that as follow-up, but you're not necessarily going to see it. And I certainly don't want children to feel like they have to record themselves doing stuff like this. So let's not get that idea. But keep in mind that sometimes you're not going to be able to see, but you can give some of those sort of activities as a as as follow up ideas. You know, why don't you read 10 more sentences or, you know, something like that? Absolutely. And that's so fun. And, you know, this is where your you know, your collaboration with the parents come into play, because I think it's important for the parents you're working for to understand this exact thing we're talking about. Like, what exactly is follow-up work? What does it look like in a Montessori classroom? Because it can look like a lot of different things. Um, And I, you know, there's a lot of worry right now. So we want a lot of, you know, proof that children are on track in this crazy time. Um, But it's important to say, you know, that not everything exactly like Jamie said doesn't it doesn't need to be a written report of something. There will be those for sure. There will be group projects. There's going to be big work, hopefully, um, with this virtual learning space. Absolutely. Um, but not all of it's going to be that. Right. Not all of it's going to. And that's OK. Right. So if a child is really interested in birds, then 
a follow-up work idea could be, you know, so perhaps you've talked virtually about um, about the body functions of birds or habitat of birds or how birds, you know, meet some of their fun- their needs. And then the follow-up work could be that, you, you know, the child's going to uh, go and do some bird watching. Uh, yeah. And and see if any of that knowledge can be validated through what they observe or if there's anything new, some behavior that they weren't expecting to see. And maybe they'll write some of that down or maybe they won't. But, you know, that's a right. great, a great activity. And a, and to, you know, to do some serious uh, bird observation if there's interest. Absolutely. In Mm-hmm. I think also all the botany I've been re I've been looking at my biology album. Um, I think encouraging children to go out on a nature walk, even in their front yard, because things are different right now um, and collecting different kinds of leaves or just go see how many plants you can find outside right now or go see how many different stems you can see in your backyard. Um, all of that is super valuable. And it gets them outside and it's it's very thought provoking. Um, so along with what Jamie was saying with the birds, like I think I think biology is really adaptable to virtual um, and with follow up work mm-hmm. um, because they could just go right outside. Yeah. Right. It's great. Yeah. I mean, and even if you're living in a in a very urban environment with a lot of cement around you, there's usually somewhere a handful of trees mm-hmm. planted or whatever. And you could do mm. bark rubbings and leaf rubbings and other yeah. things like oh, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's so fun too. Um, yeah. So I think encouraging, you know, I think one thing we've really been trying to hone in on recently is keeping that curiosity alive and keeping those interests alive in the child. Um, and I think, that's what they're missing so much of not being in the classroom and not being with their teacher. Um, so if you're in some sort of a virtual space or if you're doing homeschooling or whatever you may be doing, just getting to know what your child is interested in and then going off from there. Um, you know, you want to keep them on track. Of course, we're still going to do all the subjects, but you know, maybe they're interested in ants. So you go find an anthill or, you know, I don't know. They're, it's kind of endless. Um, and a lot of this follow-up work can be that. It can be sketching of what they find. Um, it could be just having a conversation with you about their findings. Um, they could write a song about it. They can, you know, booklet, you know. we I always, I did way too many booklets for follow-up work because I like booklets. Um, but I find that they're they're super fun and, they're, and the children like them too. Posters. Oh, yeah, posters. Dioramas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plays and skits, you know, there's any number of things they can do uh, if they're tracking the growth of something they can, you know, you can show them how to make a graph mm-hmm. and use that to analyze the data that's collected. Uh, you could, um, yeah, I mean, poetry, uh, you know, any number of things that can be something that helps them uh, sort of solidify the knowledge that they've gathered or record or or share with others. You know, follow-up work shouldn't ever exist just for the sake of it. Right. Um, it should be something that is 
that is either helping the children further their knowledge or solidify it, or because they're passionate about creating something that can show and share what they've learned. Um, but the, I think the important thing to remember is that follow-up work shouldn't happen just because you think that children should follow up on everything you show them. Right. And so it could be that a child learns it in the lesson. And then why do they need to do follow-up work exactly. if they already understand it? Right. <laughs> you know, right. like why, what's the point? So that's something to be really careful of too. Don't fall into the habit of just thinking every lesson requires follow-up work and, because it mm-hmm. literally doesn't. Well, and that's specifically hard right now because I think there's a lot of pressure on teachers, um, you know, to keep the kids busy. Um, and honestly, I get it because parents are having to work at home. It's not an ideal situation at all. Of course, I totally understand. Um, but yeah, I think it's really important not to fall into that. Well, this is what you're doing today. You know, right. Um, right. I, I think it just takes a little bit of time to help the child and, you know, your students be accountable for their own learning and want to do those things. Um, but once you lay that groundwork, then it just gets easier from there because then they have that ownership of, oh, well, I did that last time because I chose to do it and I loved right. it. And, you know, it's not a, f- it's not being forced upon. Yep. You know. Because the, I think if we do fall into that temptation of helping uh, parents keep the children busy, what we end up with is children who are accustomed, who are accustomed to being busy and yeah. who only do what is t- told you know, what they're told to do. And they never create something bigger or more or try something different or explore further because they're accustomed to being told what to do and then doing it. And so we don't Mm want to fall into that trap that could be very easy to fall into during this time. Oh, yes. Yes. And I've, you know, I've seen that even with my children as they transition to uh, traditional mainstream public school, that they have fallen more into the habit of just doing what they have to do rather mm-hmm. than doing mm-hmm. what is exciting to them. And they'll push to the, you know, to the reach as far as they possibly can. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's the sad, I hate it, <laughs> but it definitely happens. Right. Um, and um, it's okay. At least, I mean, your girls have so many interests and hobbies um, that they, you know, that they're they're still exploring those limits, right, in other areas. Right, um, right. But, but we want to be yeah. sure that we're being really careful, especially in this time with follow-up work, not to fall into that sort of traditional habit. And then we create a sort of work structure for children where I get a lesson, I do the required follow-up, and then I'm done. And yeah. I'd rather that I inspire children in a presentation to do something like crazy that I never would have thought of and that they keep learning and keep digging and going deeper, not just fulfilling what I told them to do. So it's this weird balance of wanting to provide them a lot of options or ideas so they can be creative in their follow-up work if they want to follow up and there's something that excites them while not making them feel like they have to follow up and also that there's some particular product that we're looking for um, from them. So it's a delicate balance to maintain in regular life in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, to be to be honest, I think you might have to... if they're, if they're not accustomed to follow-up work or perhaps they've kind of fallen off that sort of, 
you know, routine and they're starting up the school year again, you're going to have to have lessons where you're modeling what follow up work is. You might have to do some of it with them, you know, because they frankly don't know how to do it if, if you know, if you're not showing them how. Um, so that's mm -hmm. another thing to be prepared for is, you know, OK, well, I'm going to do this lesson with them, but then we're going to do follow up work together just to show them. Right. Um, and then from there, they can really, you know, I just this sort of sounds obvious, but this is a learning lesson for me. I just thought they'd know what to do. <laughs> and they did not. Right. right. You know, um, so modeling is super important. And then, you know, having the trust that the children maybe you just haven't found what it inspires them yet. You know, as Montessori teachers, we're constantly trying to figure out how we're going to get this concept across to each child because every person learns differently. Every person has different interests. And perhaps you just haven't found that avenue yet with one of your students, you know, and yep. definitely just keep in contact with the parents because, um, again, there's so much worry right now of, um, well, if I don't see what my child's doing, then I just feel like they're not doing anything and I have to work and I'm, I'm frazzled and stressed and it's a lot right now. Um, so if you can just continue having contact with them, having your individual meetings with your children, um, I think you'll find a rhythm that's going to work. Um, and hopefully, you know, I think children, I would hope that they're pretty hungry for knowledge right now. Um, because it's kind of life's kind of boring right now, <laughs> you know, right. The world is not boring, but it's kind of boring in our houses right now. There's a lot more quiet and downtime. Um, so you can really do some amazing work, I think, in, in this sort of slowed down world we're in right now. Yep. Yeah. So be be creative, be responsive, be thoughtful and also be really respectful if children are working at home you know, we can't control the environment there. So there may be limitations no. to the sort of right. what they can do to follow up. And that's okay, too. You know, we have to just exactly, be, we just have to be patient with that. But, um, but yeah, thinking about how you inspire follow up instead of requiring, and getting, um, you know, continuing to maintain that culture of excitement and curiosity, that's going to make um, the work they choose to do after pre lessons and presentations, you know, all the more amazing and extraordinary. Yeah. And just encourage that creativity, right? Like even if it's mm -hmm. not really what you had in mind or, or for parents, if it's not, if it doesn't look the way that you really maybe thought it would, like, I think we have to be really careful right now not to criticize or, you know, I don't think we need to be overly joyous at whatever they're doing. We need to still be matter of fact. But I think that encouragement is also really important right now um, because I think children in some way are sort of they miss out on that. Um, look what I did, you know, and we're not going to say you did such a great job. We're just going to be like, wow, you did. You made this poster of this plant. Wow. Right. They just need, they need that, you know, yeah. I think. Tell me more about it. Tell me about right. this Right. That's so what? interesting. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think that is the fuel to their fire. You know, they're not in a classroom of 20 some children where everybody's like bouncing ideas off each other and collaborating and seeing what other people are doing and being inspired and all of that kind of stuff. They need that inspiration and that encouragement. Um, and also, again, with you doing follow up work with them in the beginning, you can also do your own follow up work and show them if they need a little extra push, because then they might be inspired by what you're doing. So, yeah, maybe totally. you make a diorama <laughs> or something. I don't know. Um, 
Yeah. It's all about just, you know, knowing where they can go. And I think when children know that they have free reign, not free reign, but they have, they can be creative in their own follow-up work. That's again, like you said, Jamie, that's when the magic happens. Um, yeah, that tell that, tell that story of, um, the children who did that work with the circles who made that mobile oh or they yeah they we did circumference and then they um they decided to trace a bunch of circles on beautiful paper and there are circles of different diameters they put the you know they calculated the circumference and wrote the equation on the paper and then they hung these circles from a mobile by lengths of string that corresponded to the length of the, you know, the size of the circumference. So, you know, the circle that um, was hanging from a, from a string that was the length of its circumference. And so it was just beautiful and thoughtful. And I never would have thought to assign that or inspire them to do that because I just never would have thought of it, but they, (laughs) Right, but they right. created that, and so those are the kinds of things that you hope that you're encouraging children to develop um, their own ideas of how they could work with a concept or practice a concept or display knowledge of a concept, and you want them to do that and be mm-hmm. able to, you know, able to have creative ideas around that. You might have to nurture it if they're not accustomed to it, but then really help them to feel confident. Yeah, being inspired by their own work and and not um, not just filling out a worksheet or doing a writing right. assignment that's been assigned, you know, something that really yeah. is is sort of exciting to them. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's definitely it's definitely tough, but it, uh, the payoff is is fantastic, and the children just they gain so much from it. So definitely, you know, keep that creative mind when you're thinking about follow up work. Um, go back to your albums, think about, you know, really interesting ideas that, you know, we're in a different time right now. What, what is this going to look like? Um, and just be patient again, be patient with the children and keep on inspiring them in new ways because, you know, a lot of it is just how it's presented to the children, um, to Mm -hmm. spark that interest. You might just have to do it a different way and that's, that's okay. Um, yeah, but, um, we just wanted to do this little quick episode on follow-up work because follow-up work is tough <laughs> sometimes. Um, you know, you got to keep on that, keep that energy up with inspiration. So um, I feel for everybody right now. But um, if you have any ideas about follow-up work that have worked, definitely share them with us. We, I'm always looking for new ones. Um, new ideas. Um, yeah. And everybody just best of luck with all of that. And, I'm sure this won't be the last episode we talk about follow-up work. So. Right. And the big thing, too, is don't don't panic if you're not seeing it. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Children are st- mm-hmm. still learning, even if they're not showing it. So just be, yeah, be patient and, and, and really, when something catches their interest, they're going to do something. They'll do something with it. No question. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. 